Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in here to In Game Live on the Sports Grid on a Tuesday night. Checking out the live board for the next two hours. I am Kevin Walsh, and I am joined by Ariel Epstein. Ariel, how are you? I'm great, Kevin. It was a rush to the finish because it's really annoying that Carver High came on the morning after today. He tells me to parlay the Tampa Bay Lightning with the Vegas Golden Knights. So guess what Ariel has been doing for the last five hours? Watching a game go into four overtimes. Here we are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I people always talk about how intense playoff hockey is. And it's part of the reason why I've, you know, stared at this game. Oh, I want to get involved here. I didn't play it pregame. Uh, George Kurtz joined us early on the early line saying as well that he liked them. So, you know, and there's a lot of narratives that go into this uh, matchup here. Blue Jackets took the early lead. Uh, we... <laughs> are at a spot now going into the fourth overtime. The Lightning are laying minus 140 to the Blue Jackets. I don't know what you're meant to do with this. The Lightning have 72 shots. They've outshot the Blue Jackets by 20. I mean, you've had a 1,000 opportunities to think about it. Any interest in a in a double down, a triple down, a quadruple down? Listen, I know people will get all fancy with their live betting, Based on what I've seen in this almost four-overtime game, I would have zero interest in taking a side. Everyone's tired. Everyone's going to be trying to maybe crowd the net and try to, you know, make something happen. I think this is a toss-up at this point. It reminds me of last night when I was watching the Oakland Athletics and the Los Angeles Angels. You can't predict these things. When Mike Trout hits a two-run home run to take the lead in the eighth inning, you can't predict it. That's why in this game, it's almost anyone's game at this point. 
Yeah, and although I think for a lot of people, you know, I'm sure uh, sitting there, you know, if you've been watching this game and, you know, ah, I'll, I'll get the next one. I'll get the next one. There's a lot of opportunities now for people to jump in. The Lightning, uh, again, they sit sitting there at minus 140 is lower. I know at least than they were during the morning pregame. Yeah. So, again, maybe people want to jump in. They've got all, um, you know, They've been putting the pressure on them, but what does that matter? It only takes one. I can only imagine how gassed uh, these guys are now. I mean, they've played an extra game. They've played two games. <laughs> they've played two games, and now they're about to go into what would be a third. Like, boy, I'm sure. I'm sure they wish there were shootouts in the playoffs I mean, now. I would go to John Tortorella. I would say, Coach, listen, I'm tapping out. I'm exhausted. I think which one was it? one of these teams already played an overtime game in the in the play-in series. I mean, this is just insane already. I know that some of the commentators were saying there should be a way to stop this after about three overtimes. I know it's exciting and fun. I mean, I love it as a fan, but I'm sure you know this isn't going to really affect these players tonight as much as I think it'll affect them going forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how people look to play this series moving forward. What a momentum boost. And, you know, on the other side of it, what a crushing defeat this will be for whichever team ends up now going down in this series. Uh, we will certainly keep tabs on that. Uh, and also, interesting on how people will try to play uh, Carolina and Boston. Those teams were probably supposed to be into the second period already. Uh, that game, of course, mm -hmm. delayed. It's on the same ice. They're waiting for this game uh, to end. We can, uh, Ariel, reach out to our hockey conglomerate and see how they think it might affect those teams. We also do have Calgary uh, and Dallas Stars that are live with Calgary up 3-2 uh, late into that game. Uh, so a dog might come home there. Did you play that game or just uh, just the one so far? I really I parlayed. That's what Carver High told me. He said he really loved his Tampa Bay Lightning Vegas Golden Knights parlay. That's so. This Tampa Bay Lightning matchup is the first one of this is the first leg of this two team parlay. However, although I didn't have any action on this Dallas game, I know that Jared Smith has been very into the Dallas Stars. I'm pretty sure he's a futures bet on them as well. So I mm. think that I've seen, and I know Carver, Pete Jensen, who's from NHL.com. A lot of them like the Dallas Stars in this postseason. So I would say, based on the conglomerates, it seems as if the Dallas Stars is the way to lean here. Yeah, well, uh, right now it might be uh, upset, and I don't think FanDuel is offering the live line uh, because of how deep into the game that one is. We are live as well over uh, in the NBA. The Blazers up 79-72. The live spread there is 6.5 for Portland, again, with that seven-point lead. The total sits at 243.5. Ariel, this was a game uh, we just missed the halftime numbers before we came on. I, I, I did take a look at them. Uh, Dallas short one-and-a-half-point second-half favorites. Uh, they were down eight going into the break. The total was sitting around 120 for the second half. I didn't find any strong leans, but I think this will be a good one for us to track in-game. I agree, especially the total here. The total was where we were looking at a lot this morning because it opened up around 237. It jumped to 240 for the total of this game by maybe 12 o'clock. I know that we started, there was no total, then it came out around 10 a.m., and then by 12, it already went up by three points. I remember thinking that I would look at the live total. However, 243 is just way too high. I thought that maybe... 
the live total in the 230s would be a good number. However, I think it's way too high at this point to go over 240. Yeah, I don't think the value is there. Like, I can see it getting over this current number, but I don't necessarily think you guys are getting uh, any kind of bargain. It's a lean towards the over. It's not great. I'd wait to get to the fourth quarter, see where we sit, uh, and go from there. What about Major League Baseball right now? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, the Nats were a best bet for you today, and I know they've got an early lead on the New York Mets. Oh, my gosh, Kevin. I guess you want me to rant here. Max Scherzer a week ago ends up injuring his quad, taking him or hamstring, taking him himself out of the game after the first inning against the Mets, who had Rick Porcello on the mound. That was my best bet a week ago. The Mets end up winning. Porcello ends up giving up one run, the best start of his, probably will be the best start of his season. Right now it is up to this point. It's the same matchup today. So I said, you know what? I'm going back to the well. I went on a terrible, terrible streak after the Mm. Max Scherzer injury. So I'm hoping Mm. that I get some reverse momentum here. I liked Scherzer. It was minus 150, the Nationals, when I got them. I think it went down to minus 148 prior to the start. Um, So I really liked that as well. And, you know, this Mets team, it's just, Kevin, what do they have to play for anymore? I know that it's a 60-game season. (laughs) However, it's just, it's one after the other with this Mets team. It's like the Jets. Yeah, no, look, the Mets fans are are built to torture their fan base, and their fan base knows it. Uh, And those that don't, well, they just keep opening themselves up for more and more pain. You look at the live odds there right now with the Nats' two-run lead. Uh, They're minus 385 favorites. The total sits at 8.5. You you got to get it. You can't ask for much more than the leadoff guy hitting a home run, and that's exactly what Trey Turner did in this game. I think as this game moves along, uh, maybe when Max Scherzer exits, uh, we can start to think about an in-game over. Uh, but thus, because his pitch count, he's thrown two innings, Ariel. He's already up to 60 pick, pitches. I don't nice. even know if you're going to get five out of Scherzer. So I still think the Nats can win this game, right? Because it's not like the Mets are throwing out a super stud or uh, have a great bullpen. But I think this live over can be there because I'm not sure how much more Max has left in the tank. And it's interesting because I don't know how much it shifted after the Leo home run. However, with the total only being at eight and a half, the total was at eight and a half today already. So it's not as if the totals really moved with early runs. And I think that you could be onto something here. And this number without shifting is very intriguing. I wonder what that would be. Yeah, I think it'll be something for uh, us to keep our eyes on. Undoubtedly, uh, I keep looking through some of these live baseball lines one spot um that i you know i'm always interested of course is going to be the new york yankees no surprise there uh they've got a four nothing lead up on the atlanta braves they've got runners on right now that total sits at 11 plus 136 and they always will catch my attention when they give you a flat number with heavy juice because it's not super often that they do this at the Mm -hmm. FanDuel sportsbook minus 166 if you guys wanted to play under 11 in this game do you ever see these plus money or, you know, heavy juice totals, Ariel, and think about trying to just play one of the signs? Yeah, you think about it. You, then you kind of second guess yourself and wonder how come the number is so heavily juiced to the under. Yankees up 4 nothing in the third inning. Jordan Montgomery is on the mound for the Yankees. Can't imagine he gives you more than five full innings, which means you're going then to the Yankees' bullpen, which essentially could be deemed stronger than Jordan Montgomery is. So I understand the play to the under. Um, 
Atlanta strikes out more than any team in Major League Baseball. And this team, you know, to play a Yankees team that has a strong bullpen later on, I understand why it would be juiced to the under. But if you are looking for something to get on the Yankees game and you're thinking the Yankees offense after a day off is going to heat up at home, then maybe go take the plus 130. Um, mm. I just don't think with this Yankees strong up, oh, well, now they're up 6 nothing. So yeah. there goes that. And now the total <laughs> rises to 13. It is crazy. Plus 140 on the over. But it is odd again, though, that they didn't go with a 12 and a half. Very suspicious because I'm sure the 12 and a half would then be about even on either side. It's interesting that they added the two runs, but they were like, yeah, we're still giving you a juiced number. I wonder how they might approach it at the end of uh, the half inning, but definitely that'll be one to keep an eye on because it's not often that they, yeah. they'll do that in hockey all the time. Hockey, they, they, they'll give you the juiced numbers, they don't really lay flat numbers that often on these live hockey totals. But baseball is a little more, uh, a little rarer, I would say. Kev, what uh, about the run line when you're looking at the Atlanta Braves at plus yeah. six and a half, plus 102 on the run line? What are your thoughts on these in-game live run lines? Yeah, I, I like them. I think that there's a good spot there. I'm just not sure if Atlanta's really offering one of them. Now, I'll say this. I don't think I will ever be in a spot where I'm going to look to lay run. Right, I'm not going to take the Yankees lay in yeah. six and a half, even with a man standing on second. But taking runs is something that I think you can do if you ho- if you expect a team to have a little bit more juice in them. Now, something you alluded to though is what gives me pause, and it is this Yankees bullpen, where I need the Braves to come out and probably do damage within the next two innings, or I'm not going to feel great about my chances. And they closed that last inning with Freeman getting out. This is a lineup today that is without both uh, Acuna and Albies, so not their usual pop in the lineup. I think you make a great point, Ariel, about uh, these run lines. You know, six and a half is so much, but I would not be over the moon about it. And maybe, you know, again, if they throw under 12 and a half, we do take the under here because I don't know how much offense this Braves team is really going to be bringing that'll be a good game to spotlight a lot more uh, action on the baseball board seven more games that will have to hit of course we'll keep you updated in the nba and the nhl in game live we're rolling right here on the grid sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com last season on the choosing sides f1 podcast we established unequivocally that f1 is the pinnacle of motorsports lily herman my co-host in season one helped me choose a team a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron brown a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pot? 
Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From at and one with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big copy. They ran Sox in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. In a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back right here to In-Game Live. I'm Kevin Walsh. I am joined by Ariel Epstein. You can hit us up over on Twitter. Let us know what plays you guys are on. You can find Ariel at Ariel Epstein. You can find myself at the Kevin Walsh. Uh, update over on the NBA side of things, uh, Ariel, before we get back to this live baseball board. The Mavericks actually have now taken the lead here with 254 left in the third quarter. They are now up 89-86 defensively. Uh, Portland left guessing. They've already given up 31 points. Uh, now here in the quarter, pretty much a straight pick them. Mavericks minus 112 on the money line, minus 108 for Portland. Totals up to 250 and a half. Uh, will you look to jump in this game at all, do you think, or it's too tough to call? It's obviously tough to call. Portland is a team that I've really liked so far in this restart, especially when you know that the Memphis Grizzlies lost today. It's really important in the West that someone clinches this eight seed. If you clinch the eight seed in the West, you only have to win the Saturday playing game. If you have the nine seed like the Trailblazers do right now, 
You have to win both games this weekend. If I was Portland, I would be playing for my life right now. Although in the NBA, it doesn't seem to matter since the Memphis Grizzlies did lose today because I would play like crazy if I was them. Um, in regards to betting in this game live right now, I'm looking at the box score. You have Carmelo Anthony with 13 points, uh, Damian Lillard 36 points, which is just absolutely insane. With Damian Lillard going off, and then Porzingis 27, that's pretty solid. Um, Doncic 17, which is, I mean, I guess if you want to say Luka Doncic, he doesn't have a triple-double, so it's a bad game for him. Hmm. Yeah, if you if you like Portland, then it's a, good, it's a decent shot to maybe dive in here. Minus 106 isn't bad. You're almost at plus money. I think that if Dallas starts to go on a run, you might get a little nervous about betting Portland. There's still a whole other quarter, though. Uh, well, see... Now we have a flip. Now Portland's at minus 142 on the Bendel Sportsbook, tying the game at 89. That shows you how much faith the books have in Portland just by tying up the game. They were just down by one bucket, one three-pointer. They were at minus 106. Now they shoot up to minus 144. That's insane. Yeah, and and this number is now going to do a lot of dancing uh, if this score here is going to be – the lead's going to be flipped back and forth. I'll say this, though. The Blazers being favored over the Mavericks is very questionable because under normal circumstances, they would not be. And I do think the Mavericks have quite a bit to play for. Like, they respond with a three of their own, then the Blazers score. Like, this number is going to go back and forth. Back. Like, you can get plus money probably, guys, on both these sides here if you are patient enough and pick your spot. You probably would be able to. Um, but my point here is, Ariel, the Mavericks, I actually think, have more to play for than people would think with – the sixth seed still being up for grabs where you can draw the Denver Nuggets instead of the L.A. Clippers. Now, they'll need to win this game plus their final game against Phoenix, which obviously is no easy task, uh, and they'll need the Jazz to lose to the Spurs. But you know the Spurs will be obviously going for that game undoubtedly here. The Mavericks could also use this game. That's why I would be cautious about taking the Blazers along the thinking of it only matters for them. Because I think it matters for both these clubs. That it matters mindset, as much as I want to use it as a handicap, and I know I just said it before, but it really doesn't work so much in this play-in series. I've been saying it, and I've been staying away. I almost used the Grizzlies as my best bet today. Then I backed off because I said my handicap can't just be about who needs it. That clearly didn't matter today because the Grizzlies needed it and they still lost. I know you can't rely on it. I'm just curious, Kevin, your thoughts, Mr. Betting Around the Rim host. You have <laughs> plus two and a half for the Mavericks right now. Which team would you rather take in plus money if you're going to take some points? Would you rather take points with the Blazers or would you rather take points with the Mavs? I'd rather – I think the Mavericks are a better team. So I'd rather take the better team in a one-point game getting three and a half. They're at plus like three the and a half lo- right now. Right, like the line is shaded to all of this idea that Portland is needs it more. Unless the book has completely changed and they believe that the Blazers with healthy Yusuf Nurkic and a healthy Zach Collins are actually a top, you know, let's call it six team then in the West with the Mavericks currently sitting at seven, right? Like if they truly believe that of the Blazers, well, that's totally different. But I'm not sure that that's necessarily true. Like the Mavericks are still a good team. I think the Mavericks are a better team. Though it would be interesting to see where they would price these uh, two clubs on a series price. 
Uh, I'll say this, though, Ariel, we're getting very close to the close of this quarter. Um, I'm going to be very interested in this fourth quarter total and playing mm-hmm. an under. The Mavericks' crunch time offense always slows it down. Portland is probably going to have to take their time with these possessions. It's been up-tempo, up-tempo, up-tempo. Uh, we might be able to come around on a fourth quarter under here, but it will depend on the number. This line also moved a lot in Portland's favor prior to tip. Portland was minus one last night around this time. Then it jumped to minus three as of noon today. On the money line, Portland was minus 116. It dropped all the way down to minus 148. A lot of love to the Portland Trailblazers, uh, Kevin. And I think that that's important to note as well, how much these lines can move from the night before to the next day up until tip. And you see how closely contended it is. So you're right. I think that a lot of people are going by the bias of the Portland Trailblazers need this game. And, yeah, you make up a good point with Dallas and what they need to play for in regards to who they could play into the future of the uh, NBA playoffs. I'm excited because this fourth quarter is really the last important NBA game of the night. No offense to anyone who might have put some action on the next two games. However, if you bet Milwaukee against the Wizards or the Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings, you're absolutely insane because the Pelicans and the Kings have absolutely nothing to play for. The Pelicans are sitting out Zion Williamson, Drew Holiday, and Brandon Ingram. De'Aaron Fox and... Marvin Bagley, they're sitting out. Rashawn There's Holmes, nothing yep. going on in these games later. So this is really your last NBA game of the night, so enjoy it. No, you're you are right. And now, look, we'll take a look over at those lines and we'll try and get a feel for them. But, like, <laughs> they're, they're exhibition games. The Kings and the Pelicans are eliminated. Like, it isn't even like, a, oh, like, let them get fresh for the next round. Like, they're eliminated. The Wizards, what are they, fighting for their first win in a meaningless bubble? I doubt it, right? Like, there's nothing on the line there. There's no stakes there. Giannis is playing tonight. Okay. Like, fine. How much is he going to play? I don't know. Maybe I'll bet the Bucs in the first quarter. But, like, it's just, it's completely ridiculous to, I think, suggest that there's a suit. Like, we're talking about scrimmage games. We always give people, like, betting the preseason in the NFL it's about the only time like people will be like, ah, all right, I get it. You're excited about the NFL being back. Nobody gets preseason basketball. No, no. And that's what's kind of funny because it shows you how much of a need there is to bet because there was exhibition NBA games and exhibition Major League Baseball games. We couldn't bet on the NBA exhibition games in New Jersey. However, in Major League Baseball, John Sheeran, the director of trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, so people were betting it. People were betting exhibition baseball games. So I don't think people really care. They're just they're essentially betting to bet. I think it's a little crazy because there's so many uncertainties. I even thought about it in that Houston Spurs game today. Some people liked Houston because Houston's the better team. People end up betting Houston, except the sharp line went down from minus four on Houston to minus one and a half. Look what happened. It was right. The Spurs end up winning that game. So, yeah, these games are just really big toss-ups because, realistically, if Houston and San Antonio played each other in the first round of the NBA playoffs, I would assume the Houston Rockets would win. Oh, yeah, and they'd certainly be favored in the game, as you've alluded to, uh, unlike that spot. Right. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of things that would be very, very different. Uh, We are sitting here, though, with a live total of 253.5 uh, at the FanDuel Sportsbook. So, 
Uh, as people know, I like to break out the calculator and make sure that I make no uh, errors here. That is a 60 and a half total for this fourth quarter. I'd play it under. Okay. And in fact, I'm going to take a little shot here on the under, guys. I think it's worth a look. Fourth quarters, tight game, meaningful game. That's a lot of points. And they just put up a 70 point quarter where we had offense, offense, offense. Hope it regresses a little bit. Hope it slows down a little bit. And you need both teams to not be perfect to get over it, but you need them to continue to play absolutely no defense after a 69 point quarter. I'd like to think it slows down a bit. So that's what we're going to go with there, Ariel. My goodness, this hockey game is still going on. It's unbelievable. And I feel terrible because, you know, TV is all about eye contact and I have to look at you at the camera. <laughs> However, I have this game up to my side and I keep looking up at it because we're having a great time on this show. However, when the announcers decide that someone's getting close to the net, you would think someone scored three times. Oh, then I look yeah. up and nothing happened. I just keep getting overly excited when I see people close to the net. It's just such a bummer. This is unbelievable. They essentially just played a full game and a period with no mm-hmm. goals. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. Like, it's completely ridiculous. Uh, and my brother was actually mentioning that. We were all watching the game before. He goes, they scream a little. But to be fair, like, every single time the puck is put towards the net, it might be a game winner, right? So, like, yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? Um, and what's what is a, unfortunate is for all the intensity that comes with this game, as boring of a live line as you could imagine. It's still it just sits there at minus one forty. Obviously, there's no total. Uh, it'd be hilarious if they did uh, post a total. Uh, but obviously, it's going to finish three two in, in one direction. Um, unless there's a power play, I, I assume they'd move the number a bit. And then maybe you can try and get plus money, you know, on the Lightning or a lesser price. But, like, who would have the confidence to do that if there is a power play? So as exciting as the game is, Ariel, very, very boring live line. Very boring live line. And I told you, I would be too nervous to bet it because at this point, it just seems like a toss-up. Something's going to happen. Something's going to get through. There's going to be traffic something along those lines, and you're just not going to be able to help it. I would not want to sit on this, maybe on a power play, like you said, if you want to dive in. It really is anyone's game right now. I think there's a lot better live lines out there, and let's say, like we mentioned before in the NBA or even Major League Baseball that I would look to at this point, just enjoy this game because it's really a historical game. They haven't had this in a couple, in a few years, and I forget how many they said they've had in history, maybe 15 four-overtime games ever in the NHL. This is really cool, and I think you really should enjoy it as a fan and just sit there because I am too nervous to bet the live line on this. Yeah, no, uh, it looks like it is going uh, to be uh, an even longer one than anybody could have imagined uh, as they are into the fourth overtime. Uh, We're coming up against the break, though. We get back. We'll update you on all of the live baseball action uh, that we have. Nine games live, uh, so we will get you set up there. Uh, Maybe even take a look at those meaningless NBA games when we get back right here on the grid. Take a lot. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out... F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast, you find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, guys, welcome back right here to Endgame Live on the grid. Kevin Walsh and Ariel Epstein with you guys for another hour and a half, and we'll pass it over to Sports Grid Radio for all of the live coverage. Uh, Scotty Farrell will help you up there. Uh, with Farrell on the bench. Do not miss uh, that. We are following along this live NBA line, uh, undoubtedly between the Mavericks uh, and the Blazers. The Mavericks with a one-point lead, 199. The total sits at 250.5, so... Three points of value if you played the under pre-quarter. Uh, and, you know, it can only move so much. So 
you'll take that start there. Uh, but I also heard, uh, Ariel, we were coming back here, uh, that we've got a little bit of record-breaking now going on in this preposterous hockey game. I told you you're watching history. So the Blue Jackets goalie, Corpi Salo, broke the record for most saves ever in an NHL game with 74 saves. It's the fourth overtime wow. between the Blue Jackets um, between the Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning. History is made. And I just saw on the TV they showed that they saw that they like put on the screen. You are mm-hmm. in the seventh, you were in the seventh period. That oh, is, boy. if I had to see that as a player and be reminded that I was in the seventh period of a game, I would have to just walk off. It, see you tomorrow. I'll tell you, like, <laughs> sometimes I you'll watch a hockey game, and I found myself asking, my, how do they ever score? I mean, like, the goalie takes up so much of the net. <laughs> like, I'm like, how does anyone ever score? But on the other side of it, to be fair, when you consider how many shots there are, how crowded it is, I'm also like, how are there not goals every 10 seconds? And I think that it's somewhere in the middle. Balances out. But <laughs> my goodness, like, you gotta, these guys have to be like considering putting one in their own net at this point just to get this thing over with. Uh, what uh, an affair we have going on over there. Uh, let's look at the rest of these Major League uh, Baseball games, Ariel. We, we didn't hit on a ton uh, of them. Were there any other games that you were tracking for uh, your own personal plays? Or uh, I know you're always following live moves. Or uh, do we have anything pregame that you were looking at in terms of uh, the MLB slate? Yeah. So I thought that one of the lines that stood out to me was the Orioles and the Phillies, which right now the Phillies are up 3 nothing. Zach Wheeler on the mound for Philadelphia. Philly now at minus 1,000 to win this game with just a three-run lead in the sixth wow. inning. This line was a little bit weird. The Orioles were at plus 170 last night, went down to minus, went down to plus 158 early this morning, then went back up to plus 172. I thought that was interesting just because it was such a drastic drop overnight that found its way back to where it started the night before. That led me to believe. Of course, Philadelphia um, was clearly a heavy favorite there, down to minus 200 to start the game. I just think that when I see things like minus 1,000 against a team with still three innings to play, essentially, and only up by three, it seems very drastic. However, it shows Mm -hmm. how much people are down on the Baltimore Orioles. Well, I think, uh, Ariel, I've never seen anyone be proven so correct so immediately. The line is locked because... The Orioles have scored. And now they are minus 340. That is the quickest I've ever seen anyone be correct in my entire life. That was oh, thank you. That was oh. as you were making the point. You're like, listen, I'm just but saying. Pay us the big bucks. I think so. Uh, so if by some <laughs> miracle you guys got it in the while Ariel was still making the point, because to be fair, not a lot of room from when she brought it up to when this line moved. Uh, Time to middle. Plenty of time to middle. That's now the opportunity that sits out there. Uh, 3-1 in that game. Live total is 8.5. What else do we got here on this board that jumps out? Rays Red Sox is interesting to me. Oh, Rays Red Sox is interesting. No, I was going to say that the Nationals and the Mets was interesting too because, first off, it's still 2-0. We're in the fourth inning. This line was Kevin. I I I watched these line movements from the night prior 
up until around four or five o'clock. And then right before the start of each game, I try to look at them. I haven't seen in the past, let's say two, three weeks that I've been tracking these lines, so much movement on a game like I did with this Nats-Mets game. It went from minus 150 on the Nats to minus 156 to minus 142 to minus 150, then jumped to minus 166. It it was all Hmm. over the place for this game, and I couldn't understand why it was this game. 70% of the bets were on the Nats, so people obviously down on the Mets. I just thought it was very interesting that we saw so much line movement on one game. Yeah, maybe there was some uncertainty uh, involving the availability of Max Scherzer, maybe. Um, And, you know, kind of in, out, guesses, big money, uh, has that line moving a bit. Right now, Scherzer is uh, in the bottom of the fourth. He's still throwing. He's already up to 74 pitches, though. So, again, um, he'll probably get through five. Then you got a chance there with uh, these two bullpens. I think there's a live over that could be had, but we're going to be patient. On that one, I was mentioning Ray's Red Sox stands out with a total that sits at 10.5 because the Red Sox have been one of those odd under teams, right? Like you think about their offense, you think about their lack of pitching, and you go, oh, this has got to be an over team. But the numbers are are adjusted. Um, You know, someone said to me, it's like you're basically playing course field totals, but it's not at course field. And this total here was uh, a pregame 10 with. Uh, you know, these two teams coming on the back of a game that went over the number. It's a 2-1 lead for the Rays. The total sits at 10.5, Ariel. I'm just wondering about a live under here because the way Boston has played, they've actually not been much of an over team. So maybe you can come back around on this under. In fact, Boston is the second most team is the team with the second most unders in Major League Baseball. Cleveland has the most, hitting at eighty two point three percent. The Boston Red Sox are at seventy three point three percent, four eleven and one to the under for the Boston Red Sox. So yeah, I could definitely see a live under here. Ten runs is that what it's at right now, Kev? You said ten runs. Yeah, it was at ten and a half. Oh, uh, and it's a half at ten now. and a half right now. So I don't yeah, have a problem uh, with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. I think that that could be uh, another spot for people to take a look. Aaron Judge hits another home run uh, because, of course, he does. They're now up 7 nothing on the Atlanta Braves. One home run leader. Oh, nice. I know someone that has the, uh, the RBI leader for Aaron Judge uh, as mm. well. So, And he's actually he's leading in both. So both of those look fantastic. Uh, which is always... I'm telling you, Kev. I remember you. We can't. You came on the show on the morning after a few weeks ago, before the season started. We were talking about all of these futures bets in Major League Baseball. Jared and I loved that 20 home run prop. That Major League Baseball would have someone hit more than 20 home runs on the season. It looks like that's going to hit. It might be Aaron Judge. I I'm really confident in it still. Yeah, I think the thing with that prop that you that you guys have on your hands there is that it doesn't feel like it's going to only be one or maybe even only two guys. Because if you look at it right now, Judge is now just hit his ninth home run. Tatis has eight. Trout has seven. Apparently, have a kid hit home runs left and right. And Castellanos has seven. So you've got a couple of guys that have power you can kind of trust if that makes sense, yeah. Ariel, right? And even if you wanted to bring in Mitch Moreland, Trevor Story, and Matt Chapman, who all have six home runs, uh, so that's seven different guys there that 
or have six or more. And there's a lot of names you trust there. Of course, Judge, of course, Trout, of course, Trevor Story. And then guys like Tatis and Chapman that are coming up through the ranks. Castellanos and Moreland are noted power hitters. That's why I think you guys have to feel so good about it, where it's not what we had last year. Pete Alonso's on this crazy pace. I think he gets over. It's We got a bunch of guys. We might be able to get four or five guys that hit 20-plus. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't end up going with Stanton because Giancarlo Stanton was one of the players in Major League Baseball that's hit 20 or more home runs across 60 games three times in his career, yet he got hurt. And now he's on the injured list for the New York Yankees. This is all about health. I also think it was important that Mike Trout of the Angels only missed, I think, three or four games for the birth of his child. I thought maybe he'd miss at least a week. Trout wasn't even out that long. The MVP Mm -hmm. race could be Trout's, and I thought that maybe Trout would be out of the race because of missing too many games. Yet we saw last night in the Oakland and the Angels game, Mike Trout still continues to make a name for being the best player in baseball. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he he's out of this world. Like, he's, to me, he will remain the best player in baseball until further notice, and he's still yeah. wildly young. Um, and Kev, that line moved a lot, too. The Oakland the Angels. Angels game tonight. Yeah, that yeah. that line was interesting because, and, and that was the game I was really watching going into today because, mm-hmm. again, when a game goes to 10 to 9, Oakland was down early, ends up looking really good in the middle of the game. Then Mike Trout hits that home run in the eighth inning to put the Angels over Oakland. I started to wonder, what's this going to do to tomorrow's line? And it did shuffle it a lot. 68% of the bets were on Oakland to win this game. So 68% of people remember Oakland was on a nine-game winning streak heading into that game. Now getting 68% of the bets, people think that they're going to come back strong. That line went from plus 130 to plus 138. Reverse line movement there. Sharps are on the Angels. People are waiting for the Angels to get hot. Yeah, and they have some pieces that might suggest they're going to be able to do that. You look at the A's, and you know they had won nine games in a row, so some just kind of like, yeah, let's not, let's not be ridiculous here. You're due for a couple losses. The thing that's been is the most notable to me, though, it does feel like the books respect the Angels way more than their record might suggest they should. I mean, there were games, I've said this to a bunch of people, they, were, they had games against the Mariners. You would have thought they traded for Garrett Cole or Jacob DeGrom. I mean, they're laying minus 220, and they're losing these games. And you're like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I forced this team into a parlay. Or I can't believe I trusted mm-hmm. this team minus a run and a half, and they're getting blown out. But maybe now they've got their feet under them. They know that they've got Trout the rest of the way. Rendon starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, whatever it might be. Uh, and you mentioned it there, people starting to back that team. Uh, so that'll always be. A good one to follow. Let's update. I would say maybe the main baseball game we're looking at, and I think with good reason, uh, is Nats Mets. That now is a two-one baseball game. Jerzer is able to get out of the inning, but not before giving up uh, a run via the sack fly. Uh, and let's take a look at how that moves this number. Now, the Nats remain big favorites of minus one ninety-four. The total sits at seven. Four runs to get you at least a push with these two bullpens. That's interesting. I think we can expand on this a little bit more on the other side, Ariel, as we are coming up uh, to a break. And we'll also update you on the NBA game where the Mavericks now hold a five-point lead. Those lines are locked right now. We'll visit those as well 
Maybe somebody will score a goal in hockey. Probably not. We come back right here on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top it ran sucks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. In a winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
All right, guys, welcome back right here to In Game Live. Kevin Walsh and Ariel Epstein. Uh, Ariel, we take a look over at the live numbers right here in Mavs Blazers. This total came all the way down to 246 and a half. Seven point Look middle if people can. wanted it. But now it's up to 252 and a half. They can't stop fouling in this game. Literally, like both teams are in the bonus with six minutes left here. This is going to be very difficult to get home now. There have been free throws on a, so many, almost every possession. Uh, it feels like now they've actually traded them on one, two, three, four straight possessions of, you know, just pick up stupid fouls uh, and letting the team get to the line there. So might be a little frustrating one uh, where it looked fantastic, but now it might be uh, a little more annoying, though I can't complain because I am not on a game that is going into, I believe, a fifth overtime period. Fifth overtime, eighth period. I'm, they're actually about to enter their – they're in the break now. So I'm going to watch the NBA game until, I guess, for the next, what, 10, 15 minutes. Yes, we are about to enter the eighth period of a hockey playoff game. This is absolutely <laughs> absurd, Kevin. I'm, I think I need Carver High to come on as a special guest just so I can rip him apart for making me so zoned in on one game. I'm on in-game live. I have to watch a lot of games. I have to watch a lot of baseball. I have to watch the NBA. And I'm focused on a game that has absolutely zero live line movement. <laughs> you know, it is interesting that they, like, have decided this. Is, oh, no. It's moved. Minus 130 for oh, the no. Lightning. They took 10 cents off of it. They're like, all right, you guys won. There's 10 cents. Like, based on what? I don't know, but they moved it 10 cents. Wonderful. That's so generous of them. Again, I'm not going in on this. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even. Oh, I don't blame How you. do you continue to play? I am just as tired watching this game, and I will be just as defeated watching this game if the Tampa Bay Lightning lose. I can't even imagine what it's like when they're actually physically working and doing the manual labor of this. I, yeah. I do have the NBA game on with Dallas up 115-112 over Portland, 540 left. And I did think that you gave some good advice, though, um, with this being a lot slower of a pace in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was. Un and to be fair, it looked great. Unfortunately, the fouls are going to make this almost impossible. The live number, just for perspective, okay, this live total – Started at 253.5, went down to 246.5, and, and is now up to 259.5. We have seen yeah. 13 points added on to this total in about three minutes or so. Now it's up to 261.5. I mean, it's completely gotten away. And there's nothing to. Now, if you guys didn't play it, maybe chase the live over because, look, these teams are in the bonus. They clearly can't stop fouling. Though that's two trips to the line each and every time that happens. I mean, the amount of free throws that have been taken in this quarter, and I'll probably count them up at the break just so I can put myself through even more torture and, and be even more frustrated with what should have been uh, a stone, like a stone cold under with the way these teams start. I mean, the Blazers had six points in like three minutes, and now they're already up to 19. So with, within the next three minutes, it just goes to show uh, how you know difficult it's been for these teams to clearly not foul. I'll tell you this, though. Give Damian Lillard his credit. 51 points. Again, doing everything in his power to get this team this win. 
We could talk about the side, Ariel. I mean, they're now minus 150 favorites in a game that's all tied up at 117-117. You know, at this point, forget motivation. Clearly, both teams are going to go for this game. But do you choose to back Dame and McCollum, or do you back Doncic and Kristaps? You know, that's the problem. I guess, you know, when I was talking about it before and I thought that Portland at minus 106 was good value, this shows that any type of tie or lead for Portland, no matter how much time's left and if it's just even by a bucket, the book loves Portland here and they're giving them a lot of love on the money line. Minus 150, it just dropped down to minus 138. Now it's down to 128 as we are in the commercial break. Um, Kev, this is, it's a toss up. This game's just going back and forth and it just seems as if everyone's heated on the floor and able to make their shots. So it could just come down to who has the ball in the final possession. I think Mm -hmm. it's all about value here. And that's why I thought Portland minus one Oh six down by three could have been good value. Of course you want plus money. Um, so if you want plus money and you want to dive in on this game, then it seems as if Dallas is going to be the one playing from behind in the books. Yeah, that is a, a good point there. And in the the tough thing is, I'd like to tell people to try again with this under because I think it's going to slow down. But with both teams in the bonus, you can't. Unfortunately, you 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 just can't make that kind of decision uh, right now. With this game, it's over or bust because you're just going to have to hope that the fouls keep coming. So I, I would not touch that one at all. By the way, the Orioles tied that thing up 3-3. What did that do to the live Nuts. line? How crazy is that? Um, Nuts. The Orioles Philly now back 172. They were Still, minus 1,000. Heavy favorites to Philly. Minus 1,000, though. I, I mean, yeah, you, you'd like Philly in this spot, uh, I guess. I mean, Alex Cobb's been all right. You know, some timely hitting for, you know, Philadelphia as a Got them their runs. They had a nice home run, what have you. That was like a strong inning, though, that Baltimore was able to piece together. They've now gotten to this Phillies bullpen, which I don't know if you saw what they did the other day against the Braves, but Aranola gave them eight innings of one-run baseball, and then the bullpen came in and gave up like seven runs in one inning. It was ridiculous. So I would not feel wonderful about trusting this Phillies bullpen, though I never feel good about backing Baltimore. I don't think the price Kevin, here... I have to tell you, Baltimore is the away underdog is 4-2 and two this season. They're not so straight bad. Straight up? Oh uh, yeah, straight up. That's Yeah, that's concerning. I think this is, you know, maybe play the live total of nine, and you've got two, two bullpens you can pick on here a little bit, but it's minus 132. I'm not over the moon about that, really. If I had to play this game, though, I'd look towards the total. Game's locked. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's runs coming. That's what's funny about the Orioles and the Marlins, the two teams in the East that everyone thought would finish dead last. Yet the Marlins ended up going on that winning streak when they came out of the coronavirus hiatus. And the Baltimore Orioles did the same going on a little bit of a streak of their own. I remember at the point when the Marlins were on their winning streak, you would have been very profitable if you bet the Marlins as an underdog. What was it, five nights in a row? You would have been profitable. It's scary to bet these dogs because they're considered the two worst teams in the East, maybe the bottom five of Major League Baseball. 
Yet when you do get them, it's pretty fun when you can get the Orioles at plus 172 going into this game if they do come out victorious. I always end up fading these kinds of games. They scare me too much when it's such a heavy favorite and the, the trends go in the dog's direction sometimes. Philly's only 3-2 and two as a home favorite this year. Wow, that is wild. I just did the math. I think there's been 24 free throws shot here in the quarter which is unimaginable, uh, including some tech, a technical free throw as well, which is some had ones. Damian Lillard had a, got fouled on a three. I mean, it's just been um, – but, but, like, look, the, the game, it, it is what it is. There's no, you can't handicap what is now, you know, free throws 25 and 26 coming in this quarter. You, you simply cannot uh, touch that. We will keep up to date, though, with uh, that game as well. Um, let's quickly, Ariel, just take a look at these late basketball games here. See if there's any reason why you would want to play these games. Bucks Wizards. Giannis is playing. Middleton is not. Bledsoe is not. Wizards, who cares who they're playing? They're all terrible anyway. Eight and a half points. Boy, I mean, I hate this game. I'm just curious. Is there any reason why you would play this one? Uh, if anything, I would look to the props market for the wizards maybe i would see mm. if they want to try to play like i'd assume that they're gonna play if like if they're starting i'm assuming that they're gonna play uh Rui Hachimura, i'm looking at 11 points 23 it's a really high points total for him 15 and a half um you know any of these bucks i would fade everything bucks in regards to the props market because of times you just don't know I'm curious, Kev, what your thoughts are based on minutes played with the Wizards. Is there anyone that's played a lot of minutes in Washington that could be a dark horse in the props market? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is you only want to back the main guys because you don't want to go too far down the board. Um, I think, you know, you talk about fading the buck. Giannis's problem of 22 and a half is interesting because that's telling you they're – I mean, his prop is usually around 29 and a half, right? They're like, all right, yeah, we don't think he's going to play a full complement of minutes. But against this team, I mean, Giannis can easily score 25 in the first half. Like, he can. That's true. Okay? So, he's if you wanted to take a, a... 33, 16, and 36. Uh, he hasn't scored less than 16 points this entire restart. And that was his lowest. Otherwise, he's had 33 or higher in the rest of the games this year. It might be a sucker's bet, but I think yeah. you can lay two and a half points with the Wizards in the first quarter because Giannis will be playing in the first quarter and hopefully cash a winner and be gone. That would be the way I'd play this game. If you guys are like, I really want to get involved with this game for whatever reason, okay? You guys should never be forcing bets, but each his own. If you guys really wanted to, I'd lay two and a half points in the first quarter with the Bucks because I'm just betting on the fact that Giannis should be out there. He should be able to do whatever he wants to this team. Who knows? They might be up 10. and then you're done, and there's really nothing else to it. And then this late game, I mean, I'd much rather play in the Bucs Wizards game. Kings, Pelicans, lit, like nothing to play for. Not cardio, I'll not anything. i Kevin, that's interesting, though. The Kings were at plus one last night. The Kings are now favored in this game at minus three. Why do you think that is? I guess people are just starting to fade the Pelicans with the way they've played. Maybe people care about the Kings beating them the last time out uh, a little bit. Bogdanovich is still supposed to play in this game, who was very, very good 
Um, maybe they feel as if the combination of Zion, Ingram, Drew Holiday matters more than just the uh, Aaron Fox. This, though, again, I mean, you want to talk about a gross game. This is a gross game. This one, <laughs> there's no reason to be betting this game whatsoever. If you had to, this is always my default, Ariel, in a game like this. Just take the over and hope that they care about it as little as I do. Uh, all right. That's hour one down to come back. Hour number two of In Game Live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. Uh, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the Deflategate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility 
to be able to share his connection to millions of people who are in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 